can't trust this little tiny clock, but you can trust the words that are coming out of my mouth. It is definitely four o'clock. If you want to get in, we want to talk to you. 615-844-5600. Zach Williams here. Adam Johnson behind the board. I feel like that, that meme today of Will Smith from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when he's just sitting alone in like the living room and all the, all the stuff's gone and he's just sad all alone because no Bruno, he's off in the XFL. No Devlin today. He's out sick. So there's no, it's just, it's just the, the original afternoon stretch crew. It's just me. I'm just, I'm all alone today here. So I feel like I'm just, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. There's a lot to get into though. There's a lot to get into. Not a lot of time to talk about it this week. We have a show today and we have a show Thursday, full shows. The rest of the week, Vandy baseball is set to take over 430 first pitch going into uh, 415 for the start of the broadcast. Andrew Allegretta here on Nashville Sports Radio. It's it's tough. It's tough. There's so there's so much to get into, so little time, and we have three great guests because we got to kind of fit them in because we're, there's so much going on this week. SEC tournaments going on. We get all the reactions with t- franchise tagging going on. Also ending tomorrow, the last chance for NFL teams to get in franchise tagging that ends tomorrow. There's so much. Then you have Vandy and all the Vandy basketball sweating for the SEC tournament because that's your only chance to get into the into the dance in March. In my opinion, is winning the whole dang thing. Maybe, maybe having a really good showing and getting to the championship series, lots to get into. So later on 425, next segment, we're going to have Alex Darty on from A to Z Sports Talking Preds. They had a crazy, crazy week, and we're going to put a bow on all the trade deadline and all the changeover from David Poyle to Barry Trotz. Then at 505, Mike Herndon's going to join us to talk all the latest with the Titans. We're about to get into all things Titans here. There is so much. So much to get in with the Titans. And then at 525 in the second hour, we're going to have Blake Lovell of the Southeastern 14 join us as well to get us ready and primed for Wednesday when the SEC tournament does start. It is a crazy time, but once again, when you can get in, we want you to get in. 615-844-5600. Jump in today. It all started today. It all started with the modern era contract negotiation terms or or I guess terms isn't the right way contract negotiation uh plan I think that every modern era agent in the NFL has their player go into and if you missed it all this morning because there's been more news to speculate and you got to remember we're in lying season right now for the NFL we're in lying season for the NFL there's a lot of lies that are going to get out there but one of them was not a lie. It was obvious. If you went and looked at Jeffrey Simmons' Facebook or Facebook, Twitter, his Instagram, all those accounts, he ripped everything Titans related off those accounts. He ripped all of them off. He said, no more. I'm going to take a play out of the Kyler Murray book of contract negotiation, and I'm going to remove all images, assets. This is becoming an epidemic of NFL players right now. All of them are doing it. All of them are doing it. It, it. If they're in a contract negotiation, which if you go back last season, right before the season, Jeffrey Simmons, he, he was being asked by us, the media, at spring training, or spring training, I did it again, training camp. He was asked, what, what are y'all working on a contract? Are y'all working on whatever? Man, I don't want to talk about contract right now. I don't want to talk about contract. That's what he said. That's the, 
That's all he ever said about it. He said, I'm, not t- I'm worried about the season. I'm not worried about a contract. It seems, though, as if now he's worried about a contract because he's going on his Instagram and he's ripping all the image. It, it's childish to me, personally. I think this is a new standard of just dealing with the modern athlete in 2023. Uh, you have to... You have to maneuver the waters. You have to maneuver the waters, and this is just a form of grasping at straws and and claiming their power as players. I I don't know if I 100% agree with it. I know it is something, though, that is clearly being passed around with all the agencies or the players all the same because we've just seen this multiple times now. We've seen it multiple, multiple times. But Jeffrey Simmons uh, and the Titans, it's been reported by a couple different sources uh, saying that they are discussing long-term options. One report, because you've got to remember, hashtag lying season right now. One report has went out and said that they have been in discussions about long-term. Another report has come out and said they are close to coming to a deal on a long-term option. If you are close to coming to a long-term option, I would assume that that would mean They're happy, right? Like that's what that would that's what I would assume. I would assume the player's happy, that the team is happy, that all the management are happy, and we're getting close to a deal. Well, if you're happy, you're not ripping down all the that's not a happy person doesn't go on their Instagram and change everything. If you're in a relationship with somebody, right? Boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and you're happy, you don't go, hmm, you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm gonna go rip down every photo off my Instagram of them. I'm going to make it seem like they were never in my life. On my digital footprint, they no longer exist. You don't you don't do that when you're happy. You, what you do is you're mad and you're like, "You know what? I don't like what these talks are becoming. I don't like the conversations that are being had. I don't like this person, this entity." So I'm going to go rip it all off. I'm going to go rip it all off. I'm going to act like I'm not even a part of them anymore. That's that's to me what it looks like more. And I know that's the game plan for Jeffrey Simmons going forward is to make the Titans want him, right? Like This is the same side as when GMs, I always feel, when GMs want to come out and say on a player who is supposedly like the, the, the group think is we're going to trade him away. We're going to trade. We should trade this player away. And then the GM comes out. GM's not going to come out and say, yeah, we're going to actively trade this person away. It's very few and far between where you're going to get somebody to say, you know what, we are going to trade this player. No, what they're going to say is, he's our guy for the long haul. We trust him. We're building with him. He's under our contract. We have him. He's ours, right? Like, you're not going to come out and try to sell a product by saying what's bad about it, that you don't want it anymore. No, when you're selling something, you're going to make it sound grandiose. You're going to make it sound better than what it was or what it is. That's what you're doing. Right? So you're going to build it up, kind of like Rand Carthon and Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion, the, from what we heard from the beginning of the, the combine. Ryan Tannehill's our guy. He's our, he's our guy. We just need to get used to it. You need to get used to it. He's, gonna be, he's under contract. He's the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. That sounds like somebody who's trying to sell something, right? That's what you get with Jeffrey Simmons right now. That's, that's where I'm looking to see what the Titans truly are doing with Jeffrey Simmons. Are they wanting to keep him? It seems like the focus of that Tennessee Titans team has been let's keep the defense solid, right? You made the investment in other players over A.J. Brown. You picked the defense over the offense last year, and you said we need to keep this group solid. 
Well, it now if you're trying to get rid of Jeffrey Simmons, that's not going to work out. We'll see on that one. I, I don't think you're going to have much news outside of possibly a contract extension, right? If everything goes well and they do keep him in-house, you'll see that soon. He's probably trying to set the bank. That, that that's I, I think he's worth it. I think a lot of teams in the NFL know that, and the Titans should know that as well. So they they wanna they wanna keep him going forward. They really Mike Vrabel wants to have that defense be his defense. Now, obviously, the news today: Bud Dupree gone. He's gonna be released from the Tennessee Titans. They did not get their money from what they thought, were, or at least the the effectiveness of him for what they paid for him. Not gonna get him. The other news, which the Bud Dupree thing was kind of on the way out. We had a feeling that was happening. That was not that soon. That was not that crazy. The other news today, though, and this is what I really want to talk about, because I love talking about this. I love talking about it because I know it's the inevitable. I understand that this is the absolute inevitable of the Tennessee Titans, and Titans fans can jump in on this. Six one five eight four four fifty six hundred at five zero five. We'll dig deeper with Mike Herndon on all of these things, but right now. It, this is the inevitable of the Tennessee Titans. I've been saying it before the season ended. Before the season ended, now I feel like the Titan fans are starting to understand it and accept it. I think there's still some denial going on right now because Derrick Henry is your favorite player. Derrick Henry is unabashedly probably the most fan favorite player on a team, or at least for the Tennessee Titans. I would say I would go as far as franchise history. I would go as far to say franchise history, there is nobody that this team loves more. I'm putting them up above Eddie George. I'm putting them up above Steve McNair. I don't think there's a player that on the Tennessee Titans history, even go back to the Oilers, right? Warren Moon, Earl Campbell. I don't think there's a player. Derrick Henry is the number one fan favorite for a history of an organization. That is, to me, guaranteed. That is that is the guarantee right now with Derrick Henry. So when I see a lot of people on Twitter today, there's no chance the Titans trade Derrick Henry. Uh, there is a chance. There's a big chance. Uh, I think there's a an absolute obvious reason they should trade Derrick Henry. I've talked about it a couple different times now. I've talked about it a couple different times, and I've brought the idea up numerous times on this show of where I think a trade would be best fit for this group, for the Tennessee Titans. The, the goal of everything, and first, before I get into the trade, because I've talked about enough of the trade, and I want to get back into it, but trading Derrick Henry makes sense. It makes sense. If you're going to rebuild, if you're going to make all these changes, which they have, they look, Rand Carthon, to his credit, for much as a guy who said, I want to build, I want to, when his day one is, he said, I want to learn to be a leader of the Tennessee Titans. I want to learn to be a leader of the Tennessee Titans and figure out Mike Rabel. I was not a fan of those words when he first came in, but he's making moves right now. He's making moves. Look, there's none in the positive. It's all steps back right now, but the Titans are, in the, in my opinion, in the need of a rebuild, in, in need of rebuilding. And, you know, maybe maybe what the Predators were doing over at Bridgestone gave a little bit of a, callous, uh, a, a, a catalyst to it. But it, it, they're doing it well, in my opinion, right now. Right now, they're doing it well. Because you got to tear down to build back up. And they have brought themselves up into the top half of teams in the NFL and cap space. But moving on from Derrick Henry right now is your best bet. Frankly, I think last year actually was your best bet. That was, was going to be the most that you were going to be able to get for Derrick Henry 
in my opinion. Coming off the injury and all that, I understand, but this year, no injury. That was good, but you saw a real step back from the Henry of old, right? The 2,000-yard years are done. Titans fans need to accept that. The 2,000-yard years are 100% completely done with Derrick Henry. That does not mean he's going to be bad. You know, a running back that doesn't get 2,000 yards is not all of a sudden bad. That's 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 impossible. The Derrick Henry, I think, has two to three years of high-end all-pro talent left in him. I truly believe that. Believe that. And, and it could even be four, right? Like, he's been a freak this whole time. You have the early parts of his years and his career that were – grabbed away by, you know, you had Deion Lewis taking half the snaps and you had DeMarco Murray. So maybe there's even more legs left in him for now. But the Titans have a a a situation where a running back of his caliber is not going to help propel this team into the new future. But he can help a team that is good trying to become great, right? Derrick Henry can do that. Derrick Henry can become that player. And the and the ugly name that nobody wants to hear is that the Titans could make a deal with the Bills, right? That's a team that is struggling to take that last step to reach and find whatever, you know, whatever it is next for the team. That that they just can't figure out to get past the Chiefs, to get past the Bengals. That's a place where you go. And the Bengals, another team in the AFC that could use somebody like Derrick Henry. A lot of the rumors coming out is they're going to be a, a cap casualty for uh, their starting run, running back, Joe Mixon. So if that comes out and we see Joe Mixon gone, needing a running back, the Bengals are that team where a, a skill level of Derrick Henry is right there. That is that is where he should be. It doesn't need, He does not go to a rebuild. He does not go to a team like the Cardinals or or one of those teams that are on the bottom of the pack. That's not what's going to happen. And, and frankly, it doesn't fit in with the Titans. It just doesn't fit in with the Tennessee Titans. He has to go to a team that is going to help them, a team that I've been picking out for a long time now. And if this happens, I, I mean, we're having a party on the show. We are having an absolute party. But if you want that first-round pick, it's the Chicago Bears. And the Chicago Bears... They are a team that need a running back as well. They don't just need a running back. They need a high-end running back to match and be a left hook to the right hook that is Justin Fields, right? You need something to set up the jab. You need something to set up that punch. You have Justin Fields who can drop back, give you a pass, but has that speedy burst to get out and one of the great, probably one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL right now up there with Lamar. Well, you want that bruiser, big running back in the backfield to match up with that? That's Derrick Henry. You have Kari Blassingame, former fullback for the Tennessee Titans, who was here in the good years of the Titans with Derrick Henry. He's there in Chicago. There's some continuity of a backfield already with Derrick Henry. Now it's just what can we do with the deal? What's the deal that we're going to be able to get? What's the deal you're going to be able to make up to grab the first-round pick? Well, we've seen it plenty of times. Teams have done crazy things trading away whole drafts to move up to the first pick I don't know if trading up for the whole draft is the first pick is that's the right play but there's something there that is I, I that is the crescendo the Titans need so far in this offseason I think and if you're going to move on from Derrick Henry it's time to move on from Ryan Tannehill as well there's no re get rid of it because if you are going to try to let's just say let's say move up to the third spot not even, not even the the one spot, right? Say you move to the third, or the or not the third, but the Cardinals, wherever they are again in their draft spot, 
or you move up trying to just compete for one of these quarterbacks inside of this class, well, you 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 got to lose pieces. You got to move on from Ryan Tannehill as well. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot more to dig into this. We don't have the time right now. We don't have the time right now. When Mike Herndon comes on 505, we're going to have the time. I see that we have Tony in Nolensville on line one. Tony, I'm going to get to you. I would love it if you give me a call back around 440. Because when we come back, we're going to have Alex Darty. We're going to switch the conversation up, and we're going to go from Nissan Stadium. We're going to go over to Bridgestone. We're going to be talking some Preds with Alex Darty from A to Z Sports. So 440, the phone's wide open for you. We want you to jump in on, at 440. 615-844-5600. Or if you want to hang on the line, do it all the same. But won't be able to take calls till then. Alex Darty coming up next. Once again, if you want to jump in, 615-844-5600 here on the afternoon stretch. Good afternoon. Wrapping up an earlier rank on 24 westbound at 440. Traffic's just busy in that area, especially coming eastbound. It's inc- increasing with that traffic 65 southbound just past Wedgwood. We saw a move in the stalled car. Watch for some radar. I-40 out in the Lebanon area through that section of Wilson County and starting to slow down sometime 65 north right at that ramp at Vietnam Vets. Hey, Nash Painting, they service all of Middle Tennessee. They will do you a great job this spring. Call Nash Painting right now at 615 915 2288. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need some more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. What we want is beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky. It's not shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four great flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, clones, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. Package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. It's a Bill King show. Pac-12 football is a joke. It's a laughing stock. It has been left behind by Father Time a long time ago. It has not been prominent in a decade at least. And do you want to know why? God-forsaken leadership. That's why. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. 
And now, Habit Inspected Property Solutions is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women who serve our U.S. military. This message is brought to you by veteran-owned and operated Habit Inspected Property Solutions. For residential home inspections, radon and air quality testing, or mold and thermal imaging, give the pros a call today at 615-527-8113. That's 615-527-8113. Habit Inspected Property Solutions. Proudly saluting our troops and veterans. They're professionals who care. When you're away from home and you want down-home cooking, Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel is the answer. Excellent, fresh, and local, just like Grandma used to make. Start your day with a Music City omelet and some prime rib hash. Or a cast iron waffle with Nashville hot chicken. For those wanting variety, hit the biggest breakfast buffet in Music City. And, of course, the world-famous Biscuit Bar. Start your day with the fresh, local, and down-home cooking of Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. The Afternoon Stretch with Zatch Williams and some dude named after a 1940s cartoon baby who is in reality a gangster on the run from the police. The Afternoon Stretch. Zach Williams here inside the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. Looks like we have Alex Darty in the waiting room. Might have to get him into the Zoom link, though. We'll have Alex Darty in just a second, though. We'll figure it out. I see Alex is there. We might have to, might have to give Alex just a call, too. Possibly. He's there on the Zoom, though. Trying to get that in. But all the same, we're going to be talking to Alex Darty of A to Z, Talking Preds. A lot going on with the Predators. A lot happening right now. Uh, there's, there's so much happening currently with them as we're, uh, awaiting Alex Darty uh, to get in here. We might just have to give him a call as we're typically, we got Devlin in here and Devlin, no Devlin today just is what it is with no Devlin. Uh, but all the same, uh, we'll get Alex Darty. That's, that's the good shot. This is, this is live radio too. You know, just is what it is. Live radio. Right. I, Alex, are you there? We'll check real quick. Yeah, I don't think we got Alex yet right now. He's he's in. Sometimes Zooms are weird too. I'm not I'm I'm a fan of them. It's weird how Zoom just took off. That's a that's a whole thing as well. But we can uh we can we can we'll give we'll give Alex a call. Adam, I just sent you Alex's phone number, so we'll do that. Uh so we'll have Alex Darty in just a moment. That's the that's a good sign. Preds though, weird too. I don't know what it is. This is something we talked about. This is uh Bruno and I talked with Alex. I believe the first of February, maybe the first of or end of January, all the same. And the one way to really get somebody involved in wanting to love the Preds, to, to fall back in love with the Preds, because it felt like they were stagnant for so long. May have Alex Darty now. We might have Alex Darty over Zoom. Alex, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm here. Hey, there's Alex. Alex, uh, first off, everybody go follow Alex on Twitter. Alex already won on Twitter. Alex, thanks so much for jumping on with us again here. Got a little confusion there at the beginning, but all the same, you're here now, so that's good. I was going into my thought of, of what I was going to ask you, Alex, because we all spoke about this uh, before any of the Barry Trotz news, before any of the David Poyle news, any of that happening, right? We said the only way to get the Preds fans fired up going forward would have been to remove David Poyle, to move on from David Poyle 
and and that news happened. The fans got excited. But what I feel like nobody thought was going to happen after all the trades, after all the news or anything, is that the team itself would get fired up. And they have been really good as of late. What is that? Is that do those two things go hand in hand? Does this make any sense sense to you? Well, I mean, you have to think about all these things kind of together. These aren't these aren't just two separate events or three separate events. This is kind of a, a lot of things happening at once. For one, yeah, there is a little bit of a more kind of loose approach to the to the games. I think from the players' perspective now, because the decision has been made, the the seal has been broken. They they they're sellers officially. You know, they they've sold off more pieces now than they ever have at the trading deadline. Um, their their fate in that respect is essentially sealed. And they're they're ready to move forward and and build a new team. Then there's the idea that D- David Poyle handed it off to Barry Trotz, who I think a lot of people are very um, high on and 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 think could could do a really good job. And so there's a little bit of momentum, you know, from a lot of different areas in in that respect. But from the players' perspective, I mean, the roster has turned over quite a bit. I mean, you know, some some good players have. I mean, you know, Matias Ekholm was a good player this year and has been a good player for a long time. So losing him is not necessarily a good thing. But Nino Niederreiter was, you know, he was a good, not great player. Uh, Mikhail Granlund, I think, was kind of bad this year. I mean, he was just not a very productive player this year. And Tanner Janot didn't have a very good year either. And those are three players that weren't necessarily the ones winning you games anyways. I mean, they just weren't, they weren't contributing a whole lot this year at Ek- home was, but the other three weren't. And then you consider they've brought up some young guys. I mean, uh, Luke Evangelista over the last, last few games, he's had a really solid first three games. Tomasino is, seems to be here. Tommy Novak is on fire. Um, and then, I mean, John Leonard is maybe a little bit less of a prospect, but Tyson Berry has been really good. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot of turnover, and I think that's just kind of changed the makeup of the team. And then on top of those other things, just yeah, there's a little bit more minimum, a little bit more you know loose kind of no pressure kind of approach. And but I will say this: the the team is not they're not rolling over Boston and Colorado and and the Rangers and Toronto. They're not beating real good teams. They're, they've beaten some kind of bad teams. I mean, they've beaten Arizona, they've beaten San Jose, they beat Florida a couple times, and they beat Chicago. So those are not very good teams, and they lost to the one good team, Pittsburgh. So we got to keep in mind they've had a pretty easy schedule the last few last few weeks. Talking with Alex Darty covers all things Preds for A to Z Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex Darty One. So I, I I understand that right. Like I get that makes sense, but it does seem like they're doing themselves a disservice. I mean, nobody, nobody's going to come down and say, hey, make sure you're losing to get a better draft spot. But that I, I would think that would be in the air somewhere. Do you think that that's, that conversation's being had, or, or is that maybe firing them up, you know, a la Major League, uh, you know, when the Indians were trying to yeah. move down to Miami, you know, and they're like, you know, let's, let's win this one despite the ownership. Yeah, well, so let, just let's remember what the – what losing does for you what what losing does for you is it just gets you closer to the number one pick it does not guarantee you the number one pick you have to finish in the bottom 11 of the league in order to get a chance at the number one pick and i think the if you're 11th which i think i think detroit or washington one of the two are in 11th right now 11th from the bottom i mean 
I think they have like a 3% chance. Okay, so if the Predators were to just like lose a bunch of games and get in, I don't know, ninth, ninth, the ninth worst team in the league, maybe the eighth worst team in the league, they would have at best a 5 to 7% chance at winning the number one overall pick. Definitely better than zero, but it's hardly a guarantee. And and it's not just about the number one overall pick. I mean, you can get top guys in the top three. So they have a pretty good chance of getting in the top three. That's that's definitely possible. Um, but how do you weigh that against the other option of if they do make the playoffs, then you get playoff experience for guys like uh, Luke Evangelista, who I just mentioned. He, he's just, just shown up. You know, Tommy Novak would get in there. Philip Tomasino, assuming that the injury is okay. Um, Yuso Parson, uh, obviously a lot of the defense has already got a lot of that experience, but, but you'd have a lot of opportunity for guys to just play loose in the playoffs, just to get their, get their playoff debuts out of the way. And then you've already sold all your pieces. You already can go into next year and then the future years as uh, as rebuilding. And, you know, you'll still get a mid round pick. You'll still get, you know, a 16th, somewhere in the 15th, 16th, 17th range of, of a draft pick. Combined with all the other picks you've got, you're gonna do. You're gonna come away with a lot of talent next next draft. So, I don't think there's anything wrong with with either direction. To be honest, I think that they're in so much of a better position because I don't think they can really do wrong. If they were to go on a tear and make the playoffs, I think there's benefits to that. And if they lose every game from here on out and have a chance at a number one pick, there's benefits to that. You know, they don't want to do the thing where they just sit in the middle and not make the playoffs and then also have a terrible shot at a top pick, but uh, I kind of think that they're going to win a few more games here. I, I just had this feeling that they're going to they're going to impress some people down the stretch just because of what I said earlier. They're playing looser, no pressure, and that sort of thing. So it does it it kind of seems like you're you're okay with them making the playoffs then, because or or at least you must have some vision of them possibly making the playoffs. Because I know we were sitting at one point right after the All Star break, we were thinking, well, how this team starts immediately is going to show if they're going to be able to make it or not, because it was such an uphill sprint for them to get in. Is that still your thought? I, let me just clarify. Like I, I, I really don't care either way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, I am here for wherever the story is and I, I'll find a story in anything. Right. And, and I, 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 no matter what's going on with this team, if there's no, like nothing going on, I'm going to find something to write about. So that's all I really care about. And I'll be honest, I love covering the playoffs. The playoffs are incredibly fun to cover. Every moment, every game is just just magnified that much more. It's it's like the most exciting thing to cover, the NHL playoffs, I think. Uh, so I would love to do that. But I'd also love to cover, you know, a top three draft pick. That would be amazing, too. So mm-hmm. I really don't have a preference. I'm just saying I don't think that they really can do much wrong from here on out. I think they've made their... They've ripped the bandaid and they've they've gone for it and they've they've made their choice. Now you kind of have uh, the world has kind of opened up and, and things just feel different than they did you know two weeks ago. Talking with Alex Darty, you can follow him on Twitter at Alex Darty One. Well, tonight they're taking on Vancouver on the road, uh, keeping up with a uh, six-game road team or road streak that they're going to be having going on. Already two wins to start off that trip, though. Uh, what do you think happens tonight against Vancouver? Well, I mean, uh, Vancouver's not very good. Uh, they've they've sold some players. They're they're kind of in a in a tailspin as well. I mean, they're they're a team that the Predators really should be better than. They've they've won a handful of games here recently, but they're not very good. They've got a bad defense, bad goaltending. They can't score a ton. Uh, I guess they have decent decent offense. I like the Predators to win tonight. I think that they 
they could pull it out uh, fairly easily. I think it just depends on, you know, the health. I mean, they've got Philip Tomasino left the game and and had an injury. You know, Yuso Parson has been injured. Phil Forsberg's still out. You know, if they get one of those guys back, I think that makes makes their uh, situation a little bit better going into tonight. The other thing I would point out, I just looked this up before uh, before the show, and that is the Predators have had a negative goal differential all season long. So all that means is the almost the entire season, they've had more goals scored against them than they've scored uh, in the standings, right? So they've been at like negative 10 or negative 8 for most of the season. They're at negative 1 right now. If they were to win tonight, they would be finally on the plus side of the goal differential for the first time since like game four of the season. So uh, again, going on with momentum, like I almost think that I would be uh, <laughs> a shot in the arm for them, just knowing that, oh, all of a sudden they, they are a positive team in that area. It doesn't make a huge difference, but it, it does kind of look different in the standings. You look at a team that, oh, they can actually score more goals than they allow. And that's not been the case for the Predators all year long. So just just because you are such an analytical mind, like where where would the teams on the top end of the league be at goal differential wise? Oh man, uh, Boston has like plus a hundred. I mean that's not that's not even an exaggeration. I think they're plus a hundred or something like that. I mean it's not like a huge part of it, but I think it just does represent. You know, you can tell the difference between a team that really belongs in the playoffs and one that doesn't. If they are. If they made the playoffs and they have a negative goal differential, that tells you they got a little lucky, right? I mean, they 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 got wins over certain teams at the right time and they got some help doing it. Just an example, Los Angeles, the Kings, they have a plus three differential. So like not very not very high, plus three. T- Seattle right behind them has plus 20, but Seattle has fewer points than them. So it's like it I I th- I like Seattle in the playoffs way better than I like Los Angeles just just based on that. It's not all about that, but it does tell you a lot. And it does also tells you Dallas is far and away the best team in the West. Highest goal differential. They score a lot of goals. They don't allow a lot of them. And that's the name of the game. Alex, I want to put a bow on all the trade deadline, all the, you know, the, all the little ends there with everything that happened, all the news and everything. Uh, because I don't believe we spoke since that all officially ended. Uh, first off, was there ever a thought of Yuso Soros in your mind being traded? Because I know the rumor went out there and people were, I mean, frankly, losing their mind on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I did not think it was going to happen. It would have surprised me if it happened. I, you know, I, I admit that I got caught up in the, uh, the whispers, the rumors of that. It just, it was too intriguing, and there were so many other big moves. It was just like, man, what if, you know? Then David Poyle on Friday, uh, he said, I think he was asked, you know, Yuso Soros. I think he was asked who on the team was really kind of untradeable, who was untouchable. And he specifically named UC Soros and Roman Yossi as guys that he was really never considering trading. Roman Yossi, because he has a no trade clause in his contract, but UC Soros, like, I, the the name of this game is goaltending. I mean, I think John Hines has talked about that before. It, it And goaltending is, if you do not have a good goaltender, you, everything goes poorly. You will have so many problems either in a rebuild or if you're contending. And I think David Poyle knows that. And they've made their whole franchise around good goaltending from day one. Um, he knows that if you just trade away a good goaltender, bad things will happen to you. And he didn't want to do that. And just because they have a really hot young goaltender in, in Yaroslav Askarov coming up, doesn't mean they should just trade away Soros. So I, I I didn't really ever think it was going to happen. It, it would have really surprised me had he done that. 
Why did it feel like it took so long? I mean, it took David Poyle leaving the Predators, right, to announce finally that he does all these moves. It feels like they're just two years too late, and maybe we, if he does this kind of stuff two years, two years ago, maybe three years ago, mm. people are excited for David Poyle to stay on, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that he might have. Uh, I mean, two years ago, we were dealing, still dealing with COVID, and I think there were a lot of questions. I mean, three years ago, we were sitting here. In fact, it was about a week from now, three years ago, that they the league shut down, right? Mm. And I that was like they had just fired Peter Laviolette. I think that, that was they were kind of moving that direction, right? I mean, I think you can make the argument that he would have done this. I think there were plans kind of in place. But the COVID thing really just changed changed a lot. I mean, it wasn't just about the fact that they couldn't play hockey. It was like they didn't know what was going to happen with their cap situation, with the money. You know, th there were there were a lot of questions about. And you know, NHL teams don't have the the TV money that like the Titans do. They they do rely heavily on gate money, and that was a big question. So I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm just saying that there were a lot of questions about. You know, like if if could they really you know compete? Could could they really handle you know what was upcoming and, and they didn't want to have to sign could they couldn't sign certain players. And I just think there were a lot of questions there. And then of course the last year they were going to do that. They were going to sell. And then the team went on this ridiculous run where they won, you know, 15 of their last like 18 games or something stupid. It was just a nuts run. Uh, and UC Soros was a part of that. And then he got injured. <laughs> so they were like, they were definitely leaning to selling at the end of last year in fact, Ekholm was the big name, and then they got on this run, and so it's like they find they've really been close to it last few years, but just finally it was it was time, and they they just they just could not be they just weren't a good team all year long. Give them a follow on Twitter at Alex Darty One covers all things Preds for A to Z. Alex, thanks so much for jumping on with us, buddy. We always appreciate having you. Definitely. All right, take it easy. Appreciate it, Alex. Good stuff there from Alex Darty. If you want to jump in on the conversation, 615-844-5600. Got to run to a break after this here on the Afternoon Stretch. Afternoon, pretty crowded as expected. 40 east up by Fessler is trying to get out past the airport. Steady flow of traffic continues out through Rutherford County this afternoon. Plenty of radar around 840 this afternoon. THP's got units all over 24, 840. Traffic's totally good right now to the north on 65. Headed up into Goodlettsville all the way up towards Portland. Prince's Hot Chicken is catering. Check out that menu, princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hey, you know it's a leap year, right? No, the next leap year isn't until 2024. Nope, it's this year. I can prove it. Here, play this new instant game from the Tennessee Lottery. Uh, okay. <laughs> Woohoo! I won! See what you did there? I jumped up and down? No, that was a leap. Don't miss your chance to jump for joy this February with our newest instant games. You could win up to $5 million. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. And now, some big news from WINN. The new February instant games from the Tennessee Lottery have arrived. Now, for some bigger news, there are four new exciting games to choose from. And now, for our biggest news yet, you could win a top prize of $5 million. Make a break for fun today with February Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash joy. At HIMS, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash joy. That's 4 slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. What happens to your decision-making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more... And calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four-day-old macaroni. The bottom line, drunk you doesn't make great decisions. So you're risking a DUI or worse if you count on him to get you home. Plan before you party. Get home safe. Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, is our area's premier and most trusted real estate professional, backed by years of experience. So if you're buying, selling, moving, or improving, give the pros a call today at 615-519-3339. Brad Fowler, Century 21 Right Realty, a professional who cares. This is the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. Your content is that Amy went to Mike and said, is this guy okay with you? And, and he gave it the stamp. I sure hope that she went to Vrabel and got his input about Carthon. Oh, I'm sure uh, she yeah. did. But I mean, yeah. you know, you're saying if he said, no, nah, I don't like this guy, keep looking. Yep. She would have kept looking. I, no doubt in my mind, Patton. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Greg Pogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. The Afternoon Stretch with Zach and Bruno. I would say something snarky, but I don't want to get a phone call from Zach's dad. Six one five eight four four fifty six hundred. If you want to jump in, come on in. The water's warm. And... It can be cold also because there's power now. I don't know if anybody else in Nashville didn't have any power. I know there's a lot of people. What NES said, like over 114,000 people didn't have power over the weekend. Uh, I think probably probably number probably went up from when I had looked at one point. I know we were out with power up in Hendersonville for 12 hours, something like that. Maybe a little bit longer, but it ended up coming back. I know my parents were out for like two days. They didn't have any power. They got it back like late yesterday um so it's it was all over the place man they were they were all they were scrambling out there trying to get that stuff working 615-844-5600 let's go to nolensville tony how are you doing today buddy good afternoon stretcher friend (laughs) um let me say this before uh your promo specialist is worried about your dad he better be worried about bruno's mom 
<laughs> that is true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Just ought to throw that out there. Hall of Famer, too, uh, right? Hall of Famer up there. Oh, you're right the there. Parkway you're road. right. Uh, before I get started on this tight stuff, I want to just give a quick shout out to Stackhouse and Lynn Robbins for uh, their efforts and uh, being recognized coach of the year and uh, Robbins making uh, defensive player of the year as well as uh, first team offense too. So, and or offense, I say, but uh, but uh, all SEC. So, I want to give a little shout out there, and that is. Uh, well-deserved, well-earned. It's good to see teams that are in the middle of the pack get recognized. It's always, more often than not, the championship team gets the recognition. So uh, I was glad to see that, and I think a lot of a lot of other people are too. Oh, yeah. I mean, and uh, shout-out to Jerry Stackhouse. Who would have thought? You go back to that February 8th or whatever that game was against Alabama to where we're sitting now, who, who would have thought February would have made that much of a difference? Right. Zach, I, I thought going into the season – I, I always feel if you can have be 900 in the SEC, you've had a good year. And I say 900, at least 500, meaning nine wins. And anything above that, of course, it starts getting better and you start placing yourself. But uh, I thought they could have done that. But then to get to where, like, say, on the run they went on and then end up being tied for fourth with 11 SEC wins, that's, that's, that's a good year. That's a good year by any standards. Uh, 100%. Talking about, I'm with you, Zach, on this trade in Henry. Uh, if we keep him, we're looking at he's got three years left in, solid years. That's my opinion. He's he's fixing to turn 30. He'll be in the league in eight years. So he's already taken, I got counted up the other day, he's taken over 3,000 hits. Uh here through the playoffs and nine years of playing, he's he had taken right at 300 plus carries a year on average. And when you take those type of hit and running behind a below average at best NFL line, I mean, man, and then on top of that, he's a two down back. Be honest, you know, if all the uh, Titan fans be on, he's a two down back. And defenses pretty much know when he's in there, it's, you know, he's going to get the ball, not 50% of the time, but probably about 75% of the time. And if you can get the money and a good draft pick, and I think that's where you're going with this, I, I'm, if you're going to blow up the team, blow up the team. Am I right in, in thinking that way too? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think it's the thought that a lot of Preds fans had, right, for the Predators. You know, that that maybe they wanted UC Soros gone because they thought, you know, let's just let's tear this whole thing down. And that's what the Tennessee Titans need to do right now. I think if you're if they are if the rumors are true, which I think it is, uh they're shopping around Derrick Henry, then you need to do it. If you're even thinking about moving on, that changes your entire identity as an offense. Moving on from Derrick Henry. Let me Henry. ask you this, Zach. You're a fan mm-hmm. and uh, close in the media now. Do you think they're going to win the Super Bowl next year? No. <laughs> Do you think they're going to win it in 2024? No. So then why not shop him around mm-hmm. and go ahead? And 
if you don't think, and they're sitting over there, if and I'm with you. I'm right there with you. I don't think they're going any. And you've got – Henry's got about three years of solid NFL play left in him. And let's not forget, Zach, he got hurt last year, missed, what, seven, eight, nine games? Mm-hmm. And then this year, a lot of things – this is something a lot of people are not talking about. You talked about it one day, you and Bruno. Here at the tail end of the season, don't know if it was just happening or what, he started putting the ball on the turf. Mm-hmm. Things are happening, and he's not the same running back that he was three and four years ago. Ago, when remember the, everybody say, "Oh, he gets stronger as the game goes on." That's not the Derrick Henry we're seeing now. Because and I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Tony. I appreciate you calling in, buddy. Thank you, sir, and, and thank you for the call. Always a good show, and whatever Bruno's doing, good luck to him. I hope he's. I hope he's sticking and hitting somebody right in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we assume. thanks, Tony. Uh, no, you're right. He's right. Tony's right. That the Derrick Henry that we all knew, that we all loved, is not the same one that's on this team anymore. And and once again, that's not a bad thing, right? Like the best of Derrick Henry is Hall of Fame numbers, career numbers for every single running back that's ever played in the NFL. A good Derrick Henry is still career highs for a lot of running backs that have started in the NFL. So I don't take what I'm saying is Derrick Henry sucks, right? Like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the Titans should not identify themselves as a run-first team because of Derrick Henry anymore. And if you're willing to move on from Derrick Henry, if you're willing to shop him around, you need to just go ahead and do it. Because the change of philosophy with the team will come alongside of it. That that's what needs to go right now with the Tennessee Titans. That's what needs to happen. It's it's not a Derrick Henry's bad. It's it's a Derrick Henry is not the centerpiece anymore, which should be okay. That's that's okay. He's a good running back. And if the Titans want to keep him, that's fine. But do not keep him to do what you've been doing the last three years with him. That's what you can't do anymore. That's what Rand Carthon needs to help build here and what Mike Vrabel needs to help coach for the Tennessee Titans. That's my thought. If you want to jump in, 615-844-5600. I got a question on Twitter I'm going to answer on the other side. You don't want to miss it here on the afternoon stretch. Good afternoon. Traffic increasing quite a bit on the south loop, 40 east, especially here at DeMumbry and Broadway. Steady pull of traffic continues south of Nashville down through Brentwood, Franklin. That's actually been in good shape so far down through Williamson County as it increases 24 uh, through Rutherford County this afternoon, building in the normal spots, especially 24 east at Bell Road. Nash Painting, they service all of Middle Tennessee. Springtime knocking on our door. Feels like it already. Call Nash Painting right now and book your appointment at 615 912 288. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Ah, fun is in full bloom, Tennessee, and the multiplier instant games are buzzing in. These colorful tickets offer chances to multiply your wins 10, 20, 50, and even 100 times. It's a beautiful day for bigger and bigger prizes, and they're ripe for the picking right now. Find the multiplier instant games today at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This responsible gaming message is brought to you by the Tennessee Lottery. When you play the lottery, it's important to play responsibly. Know your limit and spend only what you can afford. 
set a budget and stick to it. And remember, as long as you're having fun, you're always a winner in our book. The Tennessee Lottery is a proud supporter of National Problem Gambling Awareness Month. To learn more about problem gambling resources, visit tnlottery.com. Realtors abide by a code of ethics. This is Article 9 in action. Beth, a first-time homebuyer, knew nothing about the home buying process, except that she wanted to buy a home. But her Realtor had the expertise to make sure Beth understood every document, even giving her copies to review with her lawyer so Beth could close on her first home with confidence. Complicated things explained in simple terms. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with GEICO or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with GEICO. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. What's your next dream? Paying off your credit card? Remodeling your kitchen? Exploring the rainforest of Costa Rica? Whatever your dreams, they take some planning. And State Farm agent Austin Hardy is right here in the Middle Tennessee community to lend a hand. As your local good neighbor, he can help you look at the things you want to save for and come up with a plan to make those saving goals happen. Because your money should work just as hard as you to achieve your dream. So whether it's being free of debt or free to roam the world, call State Farm agent Austin Hardy here in the Middle Tennessee community. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. I saw a picture of Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon's one of those guys that lived hard, okay? I know. Look, I know. I understand. There's some rough, humble miles on that body. Yeah. Some on the field, some off the field. Yeah. Jim McMahon, high mileage. Oh, it is a high, high mileage. High mileage in that vehicle. It is not no. highway miles. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. The Afternoon Stretch. The best show? Uh, I don't know if I can say that, man. I'm going to move on to the next one. The tweet I got here. Not that the Bears wouldn't want Henry, but why would they want a running back at the end of the contract who just turned 29? Bears are a little bit away from being able to compete, so Henry wouldn't help much. I disagree. I disagree. That's the beautiful thing about the NFL. Your your team can be a last place finish team and then the next year be in the Super Bowl. I mean, look at the Bengals recently. Uh, look at the Jaguars. Not they were in the Super Bowl, but they they were in, they won the AFC South, went into the playoffs. Teams could turn around within a year. It, it, that is that is very true. So every team thinks they're competing, and if they think they're competing, I think 100% they would want to go after a guy like Derrick Henry who makes an impact immediately. And you don't build your future around. You're just in the window, right? That's what Derrick Henry is going to bring in. First hour's done. Second hour coming up. When we start the second hour, Mike Herndon's going to join us. We're going to get into a whole lot more deeper conversation about the Tennessee Titans. Don't want to miss it. First hour done. Second hour coming up. ABC News, I'm Andy Field. 
They've arrested a Massachusetts man and accused him of trying to open a plane's emergency exit door and trying to stab a flight attendant. Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown vowing to hold the Norfolk Southern Rail Company accountable for long-term damage residents may suffer due to the recent derailments in his state. Democratic Senator says he and his Republican colleague, Senator J.D. Vance, are putting together a bipartisan bill that would mandate safety standards that Norfolk Southern and others must follow. One of the things our bill does is create, require a two-person crew. Uh, Norfolk Southern wanted to have a one-person crew on these trains. The head of Norfolk Southern will appear before a Senate panel this week. If Congress can pass legislation to make the District of Columbia a state, President Biden will sign it. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. We believe D.C. should be a statehood. I mean, we've been very clear. The president has been very clear. Slight gains on Wall Street. The Dow up about 40 points. This is ABC News. At Staples, school is always in session. And savings never take a holiday, especially now during Staples Teacher Palooza. You save big on everything for school, like 25% on classroom decor and stickers, up to 40% on brands like Post-it, Papermate, and Elmer's. Plus, two-ounce bottles of Purell hand sanitizer are just 49 cents. During Staples Teacher Palooza, teachers save big, and so do you with classroom deals for everybody. But deals end soon, so hurry to Staples today. Offers end 311. In-store only while supplies last. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. Howdy, folks. I'm back to remind you about the best steakhouse in Music City, Bob's Steak and Chop House. The only place in Middle Tennessee to get a five Wagyu steaks cooked to perfection. And when that special day rolls around to treat that special someone, make your reservation now at Bob's Steak and Chop House. From petite fillets to massive tomahawk ribeyes. When somebody asks where's the beef, you tell them Bob's Steak and Chop House. Make your Valentine's Day reservations now. And treat the best in your life with the best in Nashville. Bob's Steak and Chop House. At the Omni Nashville Hotel. Jim Rome is here weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR. Give the show a couple of weeks. You're not going to like it. Nobody likes this show the first time they heard it. My wife hated the show. I married her. Give it two weeks. If after two weeks you can honestly say to me, you know what? I listened to every day for two weeks, and the truth is I hate you more now than I did the first day. Then I'm going to be man enough to say to you, you know what? You probably aren't that smart. Jim Rome, 11 to 2 on Nashville's original sports radio, WNSR. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19, those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit givewestwood.org, givewestwood.org. 
What's happening? It's the afternoon stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. Everybody stay calm. Sure. Stay calm. Let's take some calls from the public, shall we? Join the afternoon stretch now at 615-844-5600. Now here's Bruno and Zach. Second hour of the afternoon stretch. No Bruno Reagan with the XFL. I don't know if anybody watched the DC Defenders. He wears number 64. He was on the sideline. He was out there. There was actually, if you watch the the little fight that broke out there, you can see uh, you can see Bruno uh, getting away from it. The one guy who could kick everybody's ass on that field was staying out of the fight. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was so funny. Uh, Now we get to talk some Titans with Mike Herndon. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Herndon NFL. Columnist at paulkaharski.com. Mike, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's a good day to talk Titans. Uh, I mean, something going on. There's a a whole (laughs) lot going on. Uh, So let's, let's backtrack to the beginning of the day, at least. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, the news coming out, he has ripped all his social medias, no more Titan stuff anywhere on there. Uh, and the, the, the rumor is which kind of conflicting reports with the rumors, it feels like, uh, but one is that he is discussing with the Titans, a long-term deal. The other is they are nearing, uh, coming to an agreement with a long-term deal. What is your thoughts on these? Yeah, you know, I think the whole scrubbing social media thing is, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a negotiating ploy at this point for, uh, you know, any high stakes uh, contract negotiations for any athlete, it seems like. So I don't really make a ton of it. And, and frankly, you know, a good point on this is that in negotiations, a lot of times you're hearing that uh, the team say things about you that aren't necessarily flattering because that's part of their job in negotiating is to say yeah we know you want aaron donald's money but look you're not aaron donald you know and uh that's probably hard to hear coming from your team so to curb against any you know frustration you know in the moment reactions i actually think it's good advice for any agent to tell my client we are we are gonna have to give you a call looks like we're having some sort of issue with the zoom call on our side uh so yeah we'll, we'll we'll reconnect with mike here uh, on, on another side here because it's just the, the zoom or whatever's happened. Computer issues have happened is what it is. But, uh, he was getting into some great points there though. I I want that to be understood, uh, because Mike does a tremendous job. If you follow him on Twitter, I say, I say this a lot about Mike, even before we started getting him on the show, Mike is who your favorite media member follows to learn about the titans okay that's that's how much he uh he follows all that so we'll we'll get mike on uh here in just a little bit but what he was getting into there is something that i was talking about in the first hour uh which is this this process that we have now or at least that we have to focus on and watch is i mean just a a laughable continuation of the deleting of all you know, numbers or anything like that, uh, that are pictures or images or whatever that these players have. And they say, Oh, I'm just going to delete it off. We're going to get rid of it. Cause that's going to give me leverage, uh, into this, this meeting for my, my future with the team. 
I, I don't know if I agree with it or if that it even works, but there is definitely something there that uh, I, I think that I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it works. I personally don't think it works. I do think the Titans want Jeffrey Simmons to be the future of their team. I definitely, I definitely think that, that that's the truth. They want to make him work. They want to make sure that he's a part of the team. So they're going to do whatever they can to keep him because I think that is one of the, the glowing spots of the Tennessee Titans from the past couple, especially this past season, was that they – were dominant on the defensive front. That was what this team had built up, and that's what they had made very large strides to try to keep, right? They didn't pay A.J. Brown. They decided to pay Harold Landry. They decided to pay that that defensive front, and they don't want to pay A.J. Brown for that offense. So they, they move on from A.J. Brown, essentially gift-wrapping him to the Eagles to make a Super Bowl run, which they did, and they made that choice on the defensive side. So let's go back now to Mike Herndon. Uh, and now I believe we got him on the other side, Mike. Sorry about that. Uh, do you want to, Do you remember where you picked up at? Yeah, I think I was, I was talking about Jeff Simmons and the the social media thing, mm. and and actually I think it's good advice for any agent in this day and age to tell their clients to get off social media and any sort of high stakes negotiations with a team because frankly, like that's the time of year when uh, you know you're in a negotiation, the team's going to be saying things that maybe you don't want to hear. You know, an an example of this would be Jeffrey Simmons sits down at the table and tells Rand Carthon, you know, look, I want Aaron Donald money. I'm, I'm, you know, the best young defensive tackle in the game. Well, the Titans aren't going to sit there and say, well, yeah, you're great. We love you, Jeff. We want to pay you, uh, you know, top of the market money. They're going to say, well, you don't have Aaron Donald's production. You know, you guys like Chris Jones, Quinnen Williams, you know, that, that, you could make arguments for, for those guys. So that's tough to hear for any player. And it's easy, I think, to get an emotional reaction out of a guy in a situation like that. So to me, all athletes should, should get off of social media during contract negotiations and, and avoid the kind of embarrassing uh, barbs that can go back and <laughs> forth during that time. Um, so I don't really make a ton of that. I think that the Jeff Simmons thing is going to come down to two things. It'll be either a long-term extension with the Titans and easier, you know, for the next four or five years. Or he ends up getting moved in a deal for the number one pick. That's the only way I could possibly see him getting moved would be if they are going to get their quarterback and make a deal with the Bears. And and that's I think those are the two roads. He's either a Bear or a Titan next year. So that that leads me into the next uh, the next kind of news that dropped out today is that Derrick Henry is being shopped by the Tennessee Titans and I know a lot of people kind of went in denial mode right away and said no 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 there's 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 no way that the Titans would move on from my favorite player right Uh, which that is a very strong sentiment I think with a lot of NFL teams and fan bases out there uh, with whoever their favorite player is but everybody has a price going forward I've put out the idea before that I think the Bears going using or using Derrick Henry to go after that Bears first round pick is something that happens. Which one would you see being more logical? The the Bears going after Derrick Henry or Bears going after Jeffrey Simmons? I think the Bears would want Simmons out of those two. I mean, because to me, Simmons fits their timeline more. Right? Henry, he's great. He's amazing. He's also a 29 year old running back with a lot of wear and tear. And, and yeah, I. I think the Bears could get a lot better with all their cap space and the draft capital and everything that they've got. And obviously they've got you know, some young talent on that team, but they're not going to be in the Super Bowl this year. I, I feel pretty comfortable projecting that as of today. Um, so I, I think Henry would be more of a win-now team, uh, would make more sense to me. Now, 
maybe the Bears want to give Justin Fields, you know, that that backfield mate to take some pressure off of him. I, I could get that, but to me, if I'm the Bears, Jeffrey Simmons would be the prize um, if I can pry him away from Tennessee. So with Derrick Henry being shopped, do you feel there's anywhere that he's actually going to go, or do you feel this is just kind of – I mean, lying season is here, obviously. We're going to get a lot of people throwing out names and, you know, the whole Aaron Rodgers would would be okay with coming to Nashville, that kind of rhetoric kind of stuff happening right (laughs) now. Uh, Do you feel that that's that's legitimate? Do you think the Titans would actually move on from Derrick Henry? Because if you move on from Derrick Henry, you're changing your whole identity as an offense. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think they have to listen right now because, frankly – you're looking at replacing probably, you know, six or seven starters on the offense anyways. Um, and whether, you know, you want to do that and, you know, replace Derrick Henry in the same offseason, you know, that, that's a questionable thing. But I guess it depends on, to me, how do they view themselves? Do they view themselves as a team that is legitimately poised to contend for the division and, and to make potentially a playoff run? I'm not, I'm not saying a Super Bowl run, but a playoff run, which I think, they would be. Uh, I think that would be a valuable thing to them. Or do they see themselves as, hey, we're a year away, and we we admit that? Um, because if they feel like they're a year away, I, Henry to me, like now is the time to move him, right? It's not let him, you know, play for another year and and get him to age thirty and more wear and tear, and then try to move him, you know, as he's. I mean, frankly, he'll be out of contract anyway, so. This would be the time if, if you're saying that, look, our window's closed, it sucks, it passes by, but here we go, you know, we're, we're looking at the next iteration of what this franchise is going to be. I just don't think that that iteration is going to include Derrick Henry because it, just the lifespan of running backs. And it, it, he's a freak among freaks. I grant him that. He is, you know, betting against him has been a bad bet for the last several years. But at some point, Father Time wins against everybody. So, uh, you know, that point is probably sooner rather than later at this point for Henry. And I honestly feel like you did see a little bit of a lost step last year. Like last year, I don't know that anyone can debate that he got caught from behind more often last year than he probably did in the past, you know, five years combined. So um, I think it's coming for him and, and I think it's a good spot to get out. And, and if you're, if you're looking at rebuilding, I mean, I, I think that's really the, how they view this team over the next two years is really the, the key question for all of this um, as far as what this looks like in the next uh, you know month here. Talking with Mike Herndon. Follow him on Twitter, at Mike Herndon NFL. So let's say that. Let's say that we see uh, the, the Tennessee Titans move on from Derrick Henry. At that point, you know the queen has fallen. Let's t- it's time to checkmate the Titans. Let's move on from, uh, I guess in that sense, really the king has fallen, if we're going to go with the pun here. But uh, you got to move on from Ryan Tannehill as well. Uh, so do you I see so. that being that future as well, if that happens? Yeah, I think so. And, and as much as it seems counterintuitive, I think Tannehill would, would get you more on the trade market than Henry would. Um, as far as like draft pick returns, Titans fans hate are, that are, hearing that right there. <laughs> Titans fans uh, no, hate hey, that, Mike. A lot of people are driving off the road right now, screaming at me. But uh, <laughs> I just think teams are desperate for for competent quarterback play. And as much as you know, we might malign Ryan Tannehill for his playoff failures and you know everything else that's happened over the last couple of years here. Uh, he's still a competent NFL quarterback. And if you stuck him on the Jets, for example, who, you know, we'll see, you know, they're still in on Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to wait until that domino falls to, before they move on to anything else. 
Um, but, you know, cars off the table uh, for them, it, a team like that is going to get desperate at some point to get their guy. And I don't think they're in a spot where they want to, you know, go with the rookie route again. They're ready to win now. Um, and I just – I could see a team like that being willing to, to part with some serious draft capital, frankly, for, for a guy like Tannehill who – Flawed as he is, would immediately put the Jets into playoff contention. And, and frankly, I, I think they could push the, the Bills for the division with Tannehill under center. So I, I think a team like that I could see getting desperate and, and really pulling the trigger on something more than what, what Henry would fetch because Henry's so specific. You, you've got you've to have an offense kind of tailored to his skill set, not, not so much – uh, you know, he's not just a plug-and-play guy that can fit in with any scheme. He, he really – has to be the offense or the centerpiece of the offense to be most effective. Well, you know, it's 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 funny too because you look at the career of Ryan Tannehill. It really didn't take off till he got with Derrick Henry, right? And then it, you know, then it goes on. You start seeing Tannehill becoming a better quarterback because he's got a good running back. And then he makes more money than Derrick Henry when they do get their contracts up. And and a lot of people will criticize and say, well, he only got that way because of Derrick Henry. And here we are, almost the exact same conversation that can be had, that the way we look at Derrick Henry, or sorry, Brian Tannehill, and how he could be a good fit for the Jets, because I agree, is just because Derrick Henry was so good and, and it kind of rebirthed him. And now we're saying he has more value on the trade side. Uh, for the offensive side of the Tennessee Titans, if that is, okay, so we just painted the future. They have no more running back. They have no more uh, quarterback. <laughs> do they trade up to go after a Bijan, or do they try – or really, they might be able to get a Bijan at 11, but do they then try to trade up to go for one of these quarterbacks? Say they do. Say they get that number one spot. That's best-case scenario, obviously. Out of the combine that we just witnessed, is there any one quarterback that you're taking first pick for the Tennessee Titans? Gosh, you know, to me, I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are kind of in a dead heat uh, for me as far as the, the top quarterback. And, you know, Bryce Young, I, I think, offers more of the playmaker uh, thing that, that you look for in modern quarterbacks as far as being able to make plays out of, out of structure and things like that. And, and he brings a, a ton to the table but I, I've got to admit, like, the size thing worries me, and it has nothing to do with the height. It is his build and his slender frame and the fact that he was banged up at Alabama. Um, you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy taking an NFL beating over 17 games every season? Because that is the baseline for an NFL quarterback. I mean, we've seen what's happened with Tua uh, at the NFL, and obviously he's, he's a different story because he's a thicker build, uh, but he was injury-prone in college, and he's been injury-prone in the NFL. Um I worry about that a little bit with him. C.J. Stroud obviously doesn't have that concern, but maybe doesn't bring as much playmaking to the table as Bryce Young. But to me, I think it's pretty much a dead heat. But for the Titans, I just get the sense that they're going to like C.J. Stroud a lot. And it has nothing to do with the Ohio State thing with Mike Vrabel. <laughs> I just think what Vrabel values in quarterbacks, he is going to find in C.J. Stroud. Accuracy, anticipation, uh, you know, good size, decent mobility, I think you can run almost any kind of offense with C.J. Stroud under center, um, and I, I think the Titans will like him an awful lot. So let's go the other way now. Let's say that the more probable side is that Derrick Henry goes nowhere, Ryan Tannehill goes nowhere, and they do stay on the contracts that they're on, uh, and the Titans don't want to make that change at offense, and they keep that 11 spot not trading up, uh, and the offensive tackle spot is tackled. 
with that draft pick, who would you like to see now that you've had the combine workouts? Yeah, I'm I'm still on the Paris Johnson Jr. train. Um, to me, he is uh, pretty pretty distantly the best tackle in the draft. Um, you know, I think Peter Skaronsky's a really good football player. I think his arm length. You are betting on him being a super outlier um, if you are going to project him to tackle at the NFL level. And I know the tape is awesome, and he played tackle at uh, you know a Power Five, you know, strong conference, and held up really well doing it. It's just different when you get to the NFL level and you're playing against these pterodactyls literally every week. Uh, you know, the guys that are, are rushing off the edge with 36-inch arms and, you know, the Miles Garretts and, and people like that. And when you've got 32-inch arms against a guy with 36-inch arms, it just becomes more and more difficult to not allow him to get that leverage advantage and to get his, his hand into your chest before you can get your hand into his. And any amount of technique work, to me, it just becomes more difficult to make up for that gap when you're facing guys that are absolute freaks every single week. Um, so I like Skaronsky as a guard, but I don't like guards in the top, you know, 15 picks. So, um, and then the next one would probably be Broderick Jones, but I think he's a little bit more of a project. And to me, Paris Johnson brings every to the, everything to the table, elite length, elite size, elite movement traits. Um, you know, he, he carries himself really well. I felt like in the interview process, uh, as far as just his podium time. Uh, and to me, he is as close to a sure thing, plug and play, you know, next 10 years left tackle as you're going to find uh, in the draft. And I, I would be all over him at 11 if I'm the Titans. Mike Herndon has been our guest. You can follow him on Twitter, and he probably already do. 25,000 followers, Mike. we got to get that 26 up. At Mike Herndon NFL. Uh, always <laughs> good stuff from you, Mike. I imagine there will be some news within the coming weeks that we'll definitely need to get you back on here soon. Absolutely. would love to do it. Mike Herndon, good stuff from him. You can find all his work over there at paulkaharski.com as well. Uh, we need to run to a break. When we come back, Blake Lovell will be our guest talking SEC tournament, which is just around the corner, and college basketball. Before we go to the break, though, you know we got to talk about our friends over at Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, located at 1550 Galta Pike North in Madison, about a mile away or so from the Rivergate Mall area, if you're familiar with it. Go check out my friends over there, especially online. NissanofRivergate.com. Right there, they're open 365, 24-7, baby, all day, all year, right there on their website. And if you have any questions seeing the full inventory uh, take virtual tours all that you can ask them through the website right there and they will be able to answer any questions constantly monitored on their website go check them out once again online at nissanofrivergate.com or in person at 1150 Gallatin Pike North in Madison that's Hayes Nissan of Rivergate where your dollar always goes farther Good afternoon. TDOT was moving a couple of small vehicles on Briley Parkway around Brickchurch Pike just a few minutes ago. Heavy where you would expect out through the Mount Juliet area on I-40 eastbound, traveling out through that section of Wilson County. Busy, but moving out through Kingston Springs as that traffic builds out into Dixon County. Lots of radar in Dixon County. At least it has been, it seems like, all afternoon long. Prince's Hot Chicken is catering. Check out that menu, princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. 
Nashville's first curling venue is here at T-Line Nashville. Come check out T-Line Nashville and experience the world's fastest growing winter sport today. Curling is a fun and simple sport that's a perfect outing for friends, corporate events, families, or parties. T-Line also has classic bowling and modern bowling mini games. With over 20 HD TVs, you can come watch your favorite teams and some of the best food and drinks here in Nashville in the large bar and grill area. They also have an outdoor area with a fire pit and you can't forget the live music. T-Line Nashville is a one-stop shop for a great night out. Located at 106 Duluth Avenue and online at tlinenash.com, you can book your party now or give them a call at 615-439-1024. That's 615-439-1024. And make sure you give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at T-Line Nash for all the news, events, and updates. T-Line Nashville, Nashville's first curling venue is here. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new law that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now, 800-785-9132. That's 800-785-9132. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-785-9132. Woods Equipment Company would like to recognize and salute our veterans and local men and women in uniform. Let's remember them with our thoughts, prayers, and especially letters and packages from home. Our support will keep America strong. A strong, safe community starts with the concerns and involvement of its people. This important message was brought to you by Woods Equipment Company, located at 600 Davidson Street in Nashville. Give Woods Equipment Company a call at 615-256-5639. It's the afternoon stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. I'm not saying like Derrick Henry is going to be bad. I just don't think he's going to be able to tote the rock 330 times in a season. They did lose a half step. He was getting caught in that second level. And you saw the fumbling. That's what their plan is. We're just going to go in again on Derrick Henry and figure this out. It just seems like the definition of insanity to me. The afternoon stretch. Afternoon stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. <laughs> The Afternoon Stretch. The best show? Yeah. Nah, I don't know if I can say that, man. I'm going to move on to the next one. The Afternoon Stretch? We're, we never have this many guests. I will say. But a special week calls for a special day. And when we only have two shows in the whole week... We got a lot of important things to happen. This week's very important. Very important because SEC tournament starts uh, on Wednesday. So we have a lot to talk about. And we won't be able to be on air again until Thursday, regardless, due to Vandy ba- or Vandy baseball, that is. And so we had to get our good buddy, Blake Lovell. You can follow him on Twitter at the Blake Lovell, managing editor for the Southeastern 14. Also, former 
co-hosts of mine here on Nashville Sports Radio in the in the heydays of uh, what what were the I don't even remember the show's names now at this point forever March I think Blake uh, a whole lot more but on to bigger and better things SEC tournament coming up and today we get the SEC honors and all that kind of fun stuff. What was your thought when you saw Jerry Stackhouse as the co-coach of the year? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't that surprised. I mean, I, you know, I think I said this a couple of days ago. I think you could have made the case for four guys this year, and I don't remember how many years recently we've been able to say that. I think it's usually been a pretty clear-cut deal. But I, I was curious if he would be included because I think mean, he could have made the argument for him. Um, and, you know, obviously, kind of sharing the. Honors with Buzz Williams and Texas A&M, who I thought would be the one that would win it by itself. But I, again, I, I'm not going to, you know, be upset about it just because I think it's, you know, even if you're not a, a Vandy fan, I mean, it's one where look at what he's done. I mean, he's he's led them to a, you know, that kind of record and put them in a position uh, that they're in right now. And um, so I think you'd absolutely argue that he's coach of the year material. Um, you know, we could have said. Certainly Nate Oates at Alabama. I mean, they're going to be a number one seed. Dennis Gates at Missouri. Um, but, yeah, this was a really was a really good year for candidates. And so for him to, to be in there with, with Buzz Williams, that, that definitely says something about what I think his peers think of him since this is a, you know, a coaches voted type award. So. Do you think you think he should have been co? Because I I went back and looked at a lot of these awards, and the it seems like Vandy gets a lot of co awards with their coaches. I think the <laughs> last two was Kevin Stallings, and they were both co with other coaches in the Southeast. It doesn't seem like Vandy. I think the last one was um, I, Fogel. I'm forgetting his first name. I think, but uh, uh, yeah, Fogler. Yeah, Fogler. Rick Fogel is uh, from uh, what is that? McLovin from. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's Fogle, but uh, I think he oh, got the award too. Yeah, so yeah, so he got, he got he was alone. He was the sole awarded, but Jerry Stackhouse gets the code. You feel like Buzz and I saw USA Today. They put uh, Nate Oates as as they or sorry, not Nate Oates, uh, Missouri's head coach up there. Yeah. So it it does seem like it was a tight race this year. Well, I mean, I again, I don't get a vote. I always say that. It's like, this is a coach's vote. I like to always make that clear because you know how this works. Sometimes on Twitter I'll put this out there and people think that I am, like, voting for the SEC. That's that's not how this works. Um, but I would have voted Dennis Gates at Missouri because I think when you look at just kind of the roster itself and um, basically had a ton of new guys came in and, uh, you know, they were, they were picked in the lower part just like Vanderbilt was. And, um, you know, again, both of those teams overachieved. So, I think you make an argument for either guy, and you know I'm not surprised the Nate Oates would get that award either because I mean again look at, look at what they did this season. I mean it is certainly something a very impressive feat uh, for a team that was picked I don't know fourth or fifth in the SEC. So um, yeah, I mean the, the whole thing with voting, and I'll tell you this just as someone and just saw like I, I will I hate awards like I just hate doing them <laughs> like trying to put them together because the reason you see so many co-winners is because eventually it's like this is so frustrating that, you know, let's just give it to both of them. Now, I don't know if that was the case in a coach's vote, but I'm not surprised that it was split to the point that those two would share the award because I would also not be surprised if both Gates and Oates got other awards too. So I guess the question is, right, like how many votes actually would the two guys that tied get knowing that I bet the other two guys got a lot of votes too? Not to get heavy Vanderbilt here, but I did just see Joe Lenardi's bracket came out. 
uh, Bracketology came out uh, just about 30 minutes ago or so. Vandy was on the next four out. Now they are no longer even on the list for the bubble teams. <laughs> Do you feel it's still just SEC tournament champions or bust for them to get in? Well, here's here's what I always say, and, and again, this is where I think it's very easy to take what someone says on one day and forget that they – said it in that on that day and try to apply it for the following days this is this is march and this is march madness so a couple days ago if you'd asked me i think they could have really been the chance to win two games and get in now if you look at what's happened around them because when you're on the bubble it wasn't what matters is what happens around you too now they probably have a little more work to do because they haven't been helped by a couple other teams around them that are picking up good wins so that, I think, is what you have to remember. And the fact is, there are teams that are going to steal bids, uh, perhaps in some of these power conferences, very possible. Um, and so that's the thing. Like, this is something that changes literally by the afternoon, evening, you know, n- next day. Like, when games are played, their spot is going to change a lot. And now that they're moving backwards, again, I wouldn't have said that two days ago, but now games have been played since then. And so... They've not been helped by a couple different teams. I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head because I don't have my uh, computer in front of me. But, like, I think teams like Penn State, like that, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. Like, like, they are just kind of in a position where they have to keep winning. And maybe now that they're moving backwards a little bit, maybe that number looks more like needing three instead of two for me. So, Blake, let's look at the SC tournament that does start here in Nashville on this Wednesday. It will kick off. Uh, first game, Ole Miss, South Carolina, and then following that will be LSU, Georgia. On the bracket going forward, who do you think has the best or let's just say the quote-unquote easiest path to the championship? Ooh, I mean, I think that Alabama's got – I mean, look, they're the number one overall seed, but I, I think the bracket breaks pretty well for Alabama, um, you know, because I think it really for them the, – it's getting past Mississippi State if Mississippi State beats Florida because State played them pretty well uh, in Tuscaloosa, and so I think that's a game that I would keep an, an eye on if you're going to look at it, maybe Alabama getting upset. But um, I just like – I don't know. I like the way it sets up. They haven't played well the past couple of weeks. Maybe they get refocused here, um, come in, take care of business. So not that surprising as the one seed. I, I think the bottom part of the bracket is honestly the one that has the most – potential outcomes to me because you do have Kentucky down there. You have Vanderbilt down there that's playing as well as they are. You've got Texas A&M. You've got Auburn and Arkansas who don't feel like they should be 7-10, and 10, you know, in the seeding in the SEC tournament. So I think there's a lot of wild scenarios you could get, any combination of those teams in the semifinals. Um, so, yeah, I, I really – I feel like the top part of the bracket feels a lot more – I'm not going to say predictable, Zach, because you know that's a terrible thing to say because mm-hmm. in the SEC that never works. Um, it's never predictable. But I do feel like you're looking at an Alabama versus Tennessee or Missouri showdown in the semis there, but I, I have no idea what to expect from the bottom part of that bracket. Well, Tennessee, that's the question that's up in the air because just how how much that team – looks different due to injuries and then also just that last game against Auburn I mean I think any any moron could have picked Auburn to beat Tennessee just because of how everything was shaping out and especially with Bruce Pearl and his history obviously uh, with Tennessee you knew that they were going to make sure they made their presence known especially after he you know 
through his headset across the the the, <laughs> the scores table and all that kind of stuff. But Tennessee right now just feels like a team that they may not even get out of their out of their bracket spot, let alone in the March Madness tournament, but also in the SEC tournament because they're just so un unsexy. They're not they don't score yeah. points. They their defense they were known for their defense and their best defender now is injured. So I mean that's a team to me that I feel like is a automatic upset alert for the the going forward here. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean I I, I think Tennessee's gonna be interesting because they're they're still good enough to win games. It's just do they get the right bracket? And I think that's what it always comes down to this time of year and Obviously, it's for different circumstances this year with Ziegler out. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was a big part of what they do. And I know they beat Arkansas without him um, and did it pretty impressive fashion. But, again, when you get in those tournament-type scenarios where it's game after game, you know, today you play a game, tomorrow you play a game, um, or in the NCAA tournament you play Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, I just think that can become sort of a grind, especially for a team like that that does struggle on offense sometimes. And, you know, it's like we talked about early in the season. The, the thing with Tennessee is their defense was almost flawless to the point to where they could have some of those offensive struggles. Well, now, you know, if your deep, defense starts to slip a little bit, do you have that same sort of room for error? And, you know, can you have those sustained offensive, you know, sequences that sometimes where they just can't score? And I don't know what the answer is to that. And, again, that's why we always say matchups matter in the NCAA tournament specifically. But – you know, I don't hate their bracket in the SEC tournament because I, I think it's, you know, they're going to get either South Carolina or Ole Miss, and they've beaten South Carolina by 40-something both times. I don't even remember what the game with Ole Miss. I think that was like maybe the first or second game of the SEC play. They only won by a few, I think, in Oxford, but that was a long time ago. Um, so I think it sets up nicely for them to get there against that matchup against Missouri. And, you know, in all honesty, Missouri's a team that I think sometimes is hit and miss. depends on how they're playing defense. Um, but obviously they can score. Tennessee saw that in Knoxville, but – I, yeah, I mean, Tennessee's a wild card, <laughs> and I hate to say that because it's like we say it every year, but I think in the SEC tournament, the NCAA tournament, even for a team that's been that good at times, they're just sort of, I think, a wild card right now, and you don't really know what to expect. The first two days of the SEC tournament, Blake, which which matchup are you really looking forward the most to seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think that Auburn, like I said, that Auburn-Arkansas game to me is just like, how how did those teams get to the point to where they're they're facing each other in the seven ten game? But that's that's where we are. I mean, really, I think Arkansas being the ten, I don't know that I could have ever saw that coming. I mean, I really, I, I think this was a team that back in November I even went as far as to say, look, you see how Auburn's or Arkansas was playing in the Maui Invitational, and once they get Nick Smith, their potential top five draft pick playing, that's a team that could win the whole thing, and yet here they are, you know, as a 10 seed in the SEC tournament. So I think that's the most intriguing. I don't think it matters from a seeding standpoint who wins. Both are in the NCAA tournament, but um, I just think that's the one you definitely circle. And, I mean, look, I, I think, again, the other one is, you know, there's a lot of storylines, right? It's can Vandy beat a Georgia or LSU and get to that game against Kentucky, and can they keep that streak going? Um, I, I don't know if there's a lot of suspense with Tennessee and whoever the opponent is there, but the Mississippi State-Florida game has suspense because – I think Mississippi State has to win to be in the NCAA tournament. If they don't, I think they'll get left out. And so th- there is a lot at stake on Thursday, and-, and I'm very curious to see how some of those games play out. Is, Ar- is Arkansas Fugazi? Are they, are, they, are they fake? Are they real? Uh, it, 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 
a lot of people are questioning why they're in the NCAA tournament. This is probably the main gripe that you've seen on your Twitter with all the net, net rankings and all that kind of thing. Uh, oh, yeah. it, it, it doesn't, it seems like they're also going to be just bounced out of here pretty quick. The computers love Arkansas way more than I think there's reason to at this point. Um, you can only go on potential for so long. And I think this is a team that had a ton of potential and they've just not been consistent enough against the good teams to, to realize that, especially down the stretch. And that's unusual because think about it. Who's been the last team standing in the SEC and has gotten to the Elite Eight in back-to-back seasons? It's Arkansas. But they still get there? I think they can. Like, but it's, it's going to take a situation where they have the bracket fall in the best possible way because they're just not playing well right now. So, um, yeah, the, the net rankings, the computers, they love Arkansas. But the eye test, I don't know how you could love Even Arkansas fans don't love Arkansas right now because they're just not playing that well. Um, so, yeah, I think Arkansas seeding-wise is going to be very interesting because I they could be overseeded, but I also would not be shocked if they wind up being, you know, a bit lower even than people think they're going to. <laughs> that That's your that's your next headline, Blake. Uh, if, you're, if you're wanting to get clicks, the computer loves Arkansas as much as it hates Vanderbilt. Well, <laughs> right that, there. <laughs> I mean, that may be true because they're on complete opposite ends. And well, one team's the six seed in the SEC, one team's a ten seed. So, yeah. Uh, Blake Lovell has been our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at the Blake Lovell. Blake, thanks so much. It, it, we're all. It's good. I'll see you at the SEC tournament, but it's going to be yep. madness since next time we talk. I imagine. Yep, sounds good. We'll see you there, buddy. Appreciate Blake Lovell joining us there. If you really, if you're trying to keep up with what's going on SEC wise, I always say this: go follow my buddy Blake on Twitter. He is tremendous. He is one of the best brains when it comes to this stuff, and uh, he he always gets your fix in. And they over there at southeastern14.com, soon to be southeastern16.com. Uh, they will uh, they they have constant uploads, keeping you up, especially right now with the SEC tournament, right? Uh, but also, you, know, you got SEC baseball going on, Bandy baseball, getting the wins over the week. Weekend. Uh, we need to run to a break. If you want to jump in, we want to talk to you. 615-844-5600. Back after this here on the Afternoon Stretch. Afternoon, still a little bit of traffic volume out here in Bellevue as you continue west of Nashville. That's picked up quite a bit towards Kingston Springs. Still moving right now south of town. 65 into Brentwood, Franklin, all the way down through Williamson County. Just a normal buildup over here on 40 East at Fessler's. Now it's going to get heavier here in the next few minutes on 40 as you continue out through Wilson County. Snapdragon Hemp, serving up last tested top shelf hemp products they've got it all edibles flowers concentrates you can order right now at snapdragon420.com i'm commander chuck with your on-time traffic individual rates coverage offerings and savings may vary subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas if you're a small business owner listen up pie insurance wants to give you one of those aha moments the kind that could save you money Workers' comp is probably one of the biggest costs you face. But did you know that insurance providers have flexibility in setting their prices? That's right. But many don't bother giving small businesses the savings you deserve. Instead, you can get lumped in with other businesses and overcharged. Pi Insurance was created to change that. With Pi, you get a quote tailored specifically to your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle and no hidden fees. Plus, when you sign up for pay-as-you-go billing. Your premium is based on your actual payroll, not an estimate. So your workers' comp audit experience is simplified. Take three minutes to see how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote at IWantPi.com. That's IWantPie.com. 
I'm here at the Big Game Headquarters. Total Wine and More scoring huge savings on the perfect bourbon. Local craft beer. Forgetting something? Oh, yeah. Cabernet, seltzers, and so many low prices. Mm, Valentine's Day is right after. Whoa, new game plan. You got this. Total Wine can help you score the perfect bubbly, too. <sighs> Thank you. I would have been so... You sure would have. Your Big Game Headquarters. Love what you find always at the lowest price. Only at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly. B21. Milk, eggs, 42 bucks. Ma'am, you okay? Need bucks? With Jackson Hewitt, don't wait weeks for the IRS to send your tax refund. Come in now for up to $3,500 with a no-interest, no-fee refund advance loan when you file your taxes. That's up to $3,500 today. Don't let high prices get you down. When every dollar matters, it matters who does your taxes. So get to Jackson Hewitt today. For eligible clients, loans by Republic Bank and Trust Company. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. As a professional realtor in Nashville for more than 40 years, Richard Courtney is one of the city's top-ranked real estate brokers. He's also the author of two books and the real estate columnist for the Nashville Ledger. What does all of this mean to you as a home buyer or seller? Expert knowledge, guidance, and trust. Give Richard Courtney a call today at 615-300-8189. That's 615-300-8189. Or online at richardcourtney.com. Pet Paradise is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women of our U.S. military. Their tireless efforts should never go unnoticed. This salute is brought to you by veteran-owned and operated Pet Paradise. Tullahoma's finest for full-service boarding and grooming for 22 years. Located at 201 Sanderson Street in Tullahoma, Pet Paradise is a name you can count on. Give them a call today at 931-454-0999. Pet Paradise, where Gail and the crew are proudly saluting our troops, veterans, and first responders. When might you be buzzed? When you suddenly love everything. You guys, I love this song. I love these nachos. I love our kickball league. Oh, I love this guy. What's your name? You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzzed warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I love your car. Is this real leather? The Afternoon Stretch. It's a radio show. It is a radio show. Zach Williams here inside the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. Tons to get to. Not a lot of time. This is the last segment. If you want to jump in, 615-844-5600. But now we get to talk to our insider with the XFL. Because that's who he is now. He's the insider for the afternoon stretch with the XFL, not the Extreme Football League. It just stands for just XFL. Bruno Reagan. Bruno, thank you so much for calling in, buddy. How are you doing? Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. How was playing in front of a home crowd? Uh, it was dope. It was uh, definitely dope after playing in front of – it was a contrast. You know, I'm contrasting my first USFL game where there was not a soul there. Um, it was wild. It was loud. It was electric. I think it was like, you know, the number isn't staggering. It's 16,000, but we were playing at a soccer stadium, so it was packed. It was pretty loud. Um, we were playing against someone who now is we're, we might be the first, like, XFL, like, real rivalry. You know, I, I don't know if you saw the game. There was a lot of uh, emotions running high, but the boys got the dub. It was super fun. Um, yeah, it was just it – was, it, was, it was awesome. 
it was awesome. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, I saw you getting or staying away from the fight. I thought it was. I think I. I don't know if I said it on Twitter. I know I said it on the show when we started, uh, but as like the one person who could actually whip everybody's ass uh, was walking away from the fight. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I think you might hear more about that situation from the league um, because that's like, yeah, I love fighting. I love fighting. You know I love fighting. And I love having fun. And I love being stupid too sometimes. Like, so you would think like maybe I'm going to get in there and get – you know, get in the fight, but I'm never going to put myself in a situation, especially when I just got here to ruin this opportunity. So I don't know what's going to happen because it's a really bad look. For the, the league doesn't want that. You know, it mm. might come from the rock and Vince McMahon, but we want to be viewed as legit football and stuff like that. Isn't going to help it. It's not going to, you know, I'm, and you can, I think sympathize from a business side. I'm sure the TV, you know, doesn't really, the TV side really doesn't like that. So, um, yeah, that was me, and I just had fun with it. You know, I was pretending to be a battle hawk. That was my favorite tweet, so that they didn't come and hit me. <laughs> oh, that was, that was good. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you're, how weird was it, by the way, to play the battle hawks? Obviously, that was your first team with the XFL, um, and then it was it was a really good game. I was I watched majority of the game, mm-hmm. uh, and and. I mean, once again, I sat there and told myself, why is Jordan Tayamu not on an NFL roster? Because that dude, I mean, the first touchdown throw that he he put out there was, I, I mean, there much a bunch of starters in the NFL couldn't make that throw. No, uh, Jordan Jordan had his come-out game because he had been struggling the first two weeks, but he had his come-out game. We have Derek King, who was, like, at Miami and Houston, the shorter guy, you know, comparisons to Bryce Young, Kyler Murray. He's absolutely electric. This 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 is giving me, you know, because I think I know it all with football. Being on this D.C. Defenders team has really given me an insight to – because let's face it, you know, I've been on teams, but I've never been on like an undefeated or championship caliber team, I think you could say. The St. Louis team in 2020 was great, but there's something about this Defenders team. The talent we have uh, all around is actually absurd. Like it is – this, I'm on a very, very high-level football team right now. So it kind of gets to the point where I can see where, you know, coaching, and I, I think about how much coaching has an effect, how much player has an effect. This roster, through everything that happened, talent overcomes all. So that's what something I'm getting to see being a part of this D.C. Defenders team right now. It's been a joy. And, you know, I've only been here. This is my – I think this is my official seventh day. So I've, I've, I've clocked a week. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is. It's been one week since you've been a part of the show. I guess. Well, actually, no, it's been longer because you got no. Yeah, you yeah, got I sick. Had COVID. <laughs> hope, yeah, hopefully Vaughn, our director of player personnel, isn't hearing this the first time because I told him I was fine. No, I had <laughs> I had I had COVID and I was still, dude, Zach. I was like a little symptomatic my first two days here, and I was trying so hard to hide it. And like I like you know I get on the field and pra- I think practicing really helped flush it out. Sadly, but gosh, that was yeah. So if you're hearing that for the first time, Vaughn, sorry, but yeah. Well, well Vaughn, it's a, this is also a commonality. We we haven't been able to say it on the show, but everything we say on the show is parody and jape. So I mean, yeah, it was all fake. <laughs> that's just how it was. All right, well, screw all the football talk, Bruno, because I don't think that's why you wanted to, to call in on the show today. Uh, I went on our keeping it safe picks. I went with Cyril gone, and mm-hmm. I, it was a heart pick. I, I I said that in our in our group chat. And I even said that to Devlin right after I made it. And boy, howdy, 
is John Jones not the greatest fighter that's ever fought uh, in the UFC? Yeah, it's it's so hard to dissect a personality like him because there's so he is such a dynamic person, the good, the bad, and you're like, oh, John Jones, what good? Well, look at if you watch any video of John Jones, John Jones has been the greatest of all time for a long time now, technically, and there's clips of him in camp having Henry Cejudo, someone who's 130 pounds soaking wet, coming in, teaching, and John just does nothing but sits there, asks questions, observes, acknowledges the coaching. Like, he's a guy that can just take himself down to a certain level. Um, and ser- and he, John trains hard. John trains really hard. So Serial comes out in this serial. <laughs> serial <laughs> comes out, and he, you know, there's a story about he was, you know, he's struggling with. These guys get to such a level and such a talent that it is hard, that there's no, near no improvement. You could train as hard as you want for a year straight, and you might see a .01% improvement. And it's hard to keep up that effort. So Serial has had his struggles with motivation. So I was like, this is the perfect storm for John to kind of make a statement win and then probably leave. Now he wants a Stipe fight, too and that might be the fight to end all John Jones fights. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm i not going to say John Jones was a shoe-in. Cyril Gaon is a tremendous athlete, and it's not like you, your pick was a bad pick. But knowing what I knew going into this fight and with my, with my fighter knowledge, I thought John was going was gonna to win. I didn't think he would win how he did, but he was so impressed. Every single movement John did in there was the right move. You know how how insane that is like everything from his head movement to the duck to the punch then he ducks under and then he takes the back for position and then instead of just staying on the cage in the same position gassing both of them out he immediately drops picks the ankles puts cereal on the cage in a disadvantageous position and that opens up to some it was it was it's it's something you can't even you can't build a character that's a better fighter than john jones so i'm glad you brought it up because man that was that was a master class we saw. And he doesn't move the same as he does light heavyweight. That could have been a lot tougher fight, but because he's John Jones, the greatest fighter of all time, he just hit bang, 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 point to point to point, and got it done. How crazy, too. Did you see the video? Cejudo actually put it out that he he went over that exact transition uh, on the cage. He, he even went, I mean, for shot for shot, Cejudo went through and was like, if you're sitting here, change over here and go for that head. It, instead of staying in the same spot, you know, keep him guessing so you're not gassing yourself out. How crazy is that, that Cejudo was that, I mean, just, I mean, he predicted it. He knew exactly Cejudo's the position. Coach because Cejudo's a great coach because he had the, he had some of the greatest wrestling coaches of all time in his corner. He was making his Olympic run, so he gets to carry that knowledge. And John Jones, of all things you can call him, evil, you know, criminal, all that, John Jones is a humble martial artist. He will sit there. He will take in the knowledge someone has. He will throw. He does. You know how many people walk around the XFL? Like, I played two years in the NFL. No one can tell me anything. I know everything. That's every player that's here. John Jones has been unanimously the greatest fighter of all time for six years, and he shuts up learns, takes all knowledge, and that's the, that's, the, that's, that's the true sign of a master. And that's why that's why he's the double champ now. Yeah, it's so crazy. What about uh, Shevchenko? What were your thoughts on that? Uh, it was bound to happen. She, she's, had, she's been exposed in a few fights, more than the Amanda Nunez fight. I think the San, – uh, I can't remember. I think it was Sanchez or Santiago. The most recent fight she had um, 
the kind of exposure to you. You can only be champion for so long. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I th- I thought I saw the writing on the wall, and of course it came to you know, she she was winning, but hey, congrats for a naked choke. It's the it's it's amazing how many how many titles flip for one of the greatest of all time from the most simple things like uh, Holly Holm, a head kick, Leon Edwards, a head kick. Um, was it was it Ladd who just choked out Sinsenko? So it's you know a rear naked choke. It's not like there's any any mystery sauce. It's a, a John Jones guillotine. It's just the most basic of basic techniques that you teach beginners. That's what's winning fights. Yeah, Grasso. It was uh, Grasso. There yeah, we go. Yeah, Grasso got Shevchenko. I mean, I think it needed to happen though too. Like, and even even yeah. uh, Shevchenko said that she was like, finally, we have some movement in this division. Yeah, I'm sure. It, no, I'm sure it gets boring for her. John Jones speaks about that all the time. John John talks about his fights with um, Anthony um, Richardson, I believe, uh, Dominic Reyes, and Thiago Silva. His last three fights at light heavyweight, where they were close fights, and some people thought he'd lost a Dom fight. Some people thought he lost a Thiago fight. And he was like, "The real problem is, is I've been champ for so long that it is just so hard to just." stay locked in and I'm always the guy with the target on the back so I'm always the guy who you know sees the new things it, it's just it was the same thing with Kamar Usman you know he got knocked down he was like I'm relieved like I've been doing this for so long now it's a change of pace which I can appreciate well Bruno it's so good to hear from who do the defenders have next we're playing uh the Vegas Vipers at DC next week Sunday night I believe oh you're playing your boy Mike Miller Yes, sir. I'll be calling him right after this. <laughs> hey, Bruno, good to hear from you. Be cheering you on from Nashville, bud. Sounds good. Hey, you never know. Uh, I could be back in two weeks, one week, tomorrow, eight weeks <laughs> with this thing. So we'll see how it goes. I appreciate NSR for being flexible in my schedule, letting me live out my dreams. Thank you, guys. Hey, buddy. See you, man. Good stuff there, Bruno. Hopefully he's not back that soon. We want him to go the whole eight weeks. Or what? I guess now seven weeks. It's that soon. So, uh, we're a DC Defender show too. That's something we said. We were going to be a Showboats team. We were a Tampa Bay Bandits team. We were a Hindsight uh, Battlehawks team, but now we're a Defenders team. All right. Thanks for everybody who's called in, commenting, watching, however you did. Remember, if nobody's told you, I love you and you matter. Have a great night. We'll see you next time here on Nashville Sports Radio.